this is going to be your microphone. You take this one. Good morning. Hey. Yeah, you can just sit down. All right, we're going to tag team. I want you to take your Bibles with me, if you will. I want you to go over to Genesis. Genesis, the 26th chapter. Genesis 26. How's the chair, Jacob? That's great. All right. <laughs> you can go to Trevor's house. He can welcome you to sit on his back porch anytime. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you for being here uh, with us this morning to celebrate our men. And I want you to, uh, I want you to look here in Genesis 26. Because I'm going to talk to you about honor and heritage, or hope and heritage. And so let's ask the Lord right now just to, just to reach down and begin to touch and begin to minister to those that are here. Father, we just thank you, Lord God, for this day. We thank you, Lord, for your presence. We thank you, Lord, for the, for the joy and the peace that we have in you. I thank you, Father, that you can take any circumstance, any person, any situation, Lord, and in a moment, God, you can begin to transform at the moment that we begin to trust in you. Lord, I just want to say thank you for your mercy. And thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. I believe the Lord saved me and called me to preach for none other reason but not to give anybody else excuse. I, I truly mean that. I believe the Lord could take me and do anything. It should be a testament that, hey, you can do this. You can do this. And so I just, I'm grateful today for God's restoration. I'm grateful for his mercy. I'm so grateful for my family. And you may get tired of it, but I don't care. I'll brag on them as often as I can. I'll welcome them as much as I can because I love my family. I love my kids. I love all of them. Now, today we, we passed out uh, some Coke bottles. There's a little bottle opener in your sack, guys. There's some chocolate and some peanuts. Who used to put peanuts in your Coke? Yeah. Some of you are like, what? You're going to discover something brand new this week if you put peanuts in a Coke. Drink a little out first. Yes, that's wisdom. Drink a little out first, then you put the peanuts in there. But we look here in uh, a Coke bottle. We drank Cokes when we were a kid, and we'd gather the Coke bottles, and we'd go trade them in. You'd get a nickel apiece and play video games with the quarters that you got and so on and so on. So, but when I was a kid, uh, my dad, my mom and dad were divorced when I was very young, and my dad drove a mud truck. Anybody know what a mud truck is? It's where you take, take sacks of mud out to the oil rigs. And so he drove a mud truck, and he would come by. I wouldn't get to see him all that often. But he would stop, he stopped in on that one really, 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 really hot summer day. Uh, do y'all remember, anybody in here remember the, the, the heat wave that hit and it was like, get like, in Texas it got over 110. I mean, you just got, you got bliss. It was hot. So my dad picks me up uh, in the mud truck and he said, hey, you want to ride with me? I said, sure. So we start heading out towards West Texas course we didn't have wisdom enough to take any water with us and my dad when he picked me up he his his he'd been out in the heat so much he was already dried out and his lips were all cracked you know what I'm talking about and so we're driving along on these just eating dirt on these old west texas dusty roads 
And then we are so thirsty. I'm literally thinking, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die right here. I'm eight, nine years old. I'm, it just literally felt like that, but I was happy to be with my dad. So he comes to a screeching halt, and all of a sudden the dust comes blowing into the windows because we got the windows down in that truck. There's no such thing as AC. If we had AC in a vehicle, we wouldn't run it anyway. So we stopped, and he said, grab that Coke bottle. And so I thought, what are you going to do? And he looked out across this field, and the, everything was dry, and there was, wasn't just a, barely a breath of wind in the air. And there was an old windmill, and it was turning. So we crawl through the barbed wire fence, and we take off toward uh, this windmill and just take that Coke bottle. He said, here, son, give me the Coke bottle. So I gave him the Coke bottle, and he just little drip. It was uh, the pipe was coming out, and it had just a little a little cow trough there. Moss was growing over the side of it. Moss is on the on the end of it where the where the water was coming out, and it was just barely trickling. And he rinsed that bottle out, and he poured it out, and then he filled it all the way up, and he said, "Here, drink." And before he could say drink, I grabbed it and I drank it down. It was the coolest, most refreshing water that I'd ever drank in my whole life and it made such an indelible impression upon me that it was that it came from this well in the middle of nowhere in the middle of the heat in the summer my dad took me to the place where I could reach over and I could drink from the well so that's what that coke bottle for me represents Genesis 26 and 18 it says in Isaac dug again the wells of water which they had dug in the days of Abraham his father. Well, the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. And he called them by the names which his father had called them. Mm. In that arid climate, in the time that Abraham was there, wells were an absolute necessity. They're a life source. In fact, if there wasn't a well that was dug or discovered, people would perish. They had to have that life source in order to simply survive. Their cattle weren't going to make it without this well. Now, it's interesting as I look at that and we see the dynamic of a father-son, which I believe should be a a, a father-child relationship. You know, Isaac is the promised child. I believe every child is a child of promise. You're not here by accident. You are a promise from the Lord. It doesn't matter what anybody's ever said about you or to you. You are a promise from God. And you're here because God wants you here. You may not be favored in the world's eyes, but you're favored in your father's eyes. The father loves you. And so we have here a scenario where Isaac goes out. And it's interesting that he goes and digs his father's wells. He goes back to the place that his father dug the well, and he redigs the well. See, because his father left a trail for him to follow. See, Isaac knew where to find those wells. Fathers, what are we here to do? We're here to leave a trail for our children to follow. In the Word of God, it's not always easy to find those wells. 
We know that because Hagar was put out. Genesis 21 tells us that she's out there, and Ishmael, she sat under a tree. They were in the wilderness of Gerah, the same place that Isaac is at right here. They were in the wilderness known as the wilderness of Beersheba, the well of the oath. They were in that vicinity, and she sets Isaac up, or I'm sorry, Ishmael over there. Ishmael's over there, and Abraham, or, or Hagar, begins to cry out to the Lord. But the Bible tells us that God heard the cry of the boy. And when you heard the cry of the boy, the angel shows up to Hagar and opens her eyes to a well. And they go to that well to receive life. Now, as you look at that, I've, it just perplexed me. She's the one crying, but the Lord heard Ishmael. And the Lord showed me this morning that what he heard was the cry of the blessing. See, because the Lord told Abraham in blessing, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you as the sand of the seashore, and I'm going to bless you as the stars of heaven. I'm going to bless you in the natural, and there's going to be a spiritual blessing that follows. Now, here's what we got to understand. you got to be careful where you put your seed. Because Abraham went from being an exalted father to now he has the blessing of multiplication on him. He's got the blessing of multiplication on him. And he not just had one son, Isaac. He had seven sons, and all seven of those sons became nations. And see what the Lord is, what he showed me in that, is the Lord hears the cry of the blessing. He hears the cry of the blessing, and he will bless you if you will enter into relationship with him. And he wants you to be blessed. But see, the Lord's desire is that when we dig, husbands, fathers, men of God, soon to be men, soon to be fathers, when you dig a well, you're digging in hope. In hope of what? Not just your immediate need, not just your immediate life source, but you're digging in hope for a future generation. You're digging so that you can honor the, 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 the hope of a generation that will follow you. Because when you cry to the Lord, if God hears that blessing, he's going to bless you. Mm. And so what we see is he began to dig and began to dig. And he left, he left wells there. We hear in the word of God at least three wells that Abraham left behind that Isaac knew where to find them. He wasn't blinded to them. He knew where to go to get the water. And he knew that the enemy might have covered them up, but he could dig them out. That we need to leave, men of God, a trail for our children to follow in hopes that they will dig again those wells and find the source of life. Amen? I'm going to talk to you about that trail more in just a moment. But I want Jacob to come now and share his heart with you. Come. Amen. We're tag teaming out here. Yeah, tag.
tag you back in. <laughs> yeah, I don't. It's good. We're good to go. How many knows that our God is big enough to go beyond generations? Amen? We get selfish enough, and we ask, and we say, God, what's my purpose? But just like Abraham, he says, I want to bless you to the next generation, and the next, and the next. And then even bigger, I want to bless the entire world from your family line. But if we would just tap into God's will, we could see it's so much bigger than what we have, right? What am I going to do? No, what is God going to do through this lineage, right? Amen? So if y'all don't know, me and Julia, we have the honor and the privilege of pastoring youth in Bowie. If y'all know where Bowie's at, you are a select few. It is about 5,000 people. It's a, we have a great church, great youth group. We love it. But how many, who knows where Bowie's at? Anybody live there? I know, yeah. Oh, a lot. Wow. Man, y'all been from, y'all been around Bowie, yeah. So, so y'all know, Bowie's a small place. But I've, God has been so faithful to us this entire journey. But whenever you're in your youth, you think that you have everything figured out, right? Anybody like me, when you're 13, you had it more figured out than what you do now, right? I just wish I had 13-level confidence, right? And even, even me and Julia, we're coming up on a year's anniversary here. And so, yeah. And, yeah. And then getting married, I, I came to my family and I said, I'm so excited to get married. And we just love each other. And they're like, hey, that's awesome, but what are you going to do? Where are you going to work? <laughs> and they said, what are you, you going to do with your life to actually provide and to actually have a house and pay rent and Internet? And, oh, my Lord, there's so many things you have to worry about. I never knew. But God is so gracious, and there's so many blessings that we don't even know about that he's leading the way. But the point is, is that when you're in your youth, you think you got everything figured out. And you think you got it all together. And I, a story came up as we were talking about it, but when I was, I couldn't have been more than four years old, five years old. In all my five years, I knew everything, right? And I said, Dad, take off these floaties. It's time. It's time for this eagle to spread its wings, this flippers, whatever you want to call it. But it's time. And we were just sitting around the pool. I don't even know if I was dressed to swim that day. We were just staying at a hotel. I think we were itinerating or something. And I was like, Dad, it's time. Here's the deep end right here, 10 foot. I don't know how far that is. I'm only two foot, but we'll see, right? And you said, don't swim. You can't swim. Don't jump in. And the second his head turned, I said, it's time. Let's go. Whoop. I jumped in. And I still remember being that young. I looked around the pool, and I said, this is it. We're dead. We are dead. I could see all the tiles. I still see it. It's blue. It was like, yeah, this is, this is it. The light was about that far. Is not respected until it's necessary. The example that the father sets, him swimming, whatever it is, it's not respected until I don't know how to swim anymore. Right? And so I'm coming, and I start this life, and me and Julie get married, and we go out, and we're like, man, this is awesome, but what do we do? What do we I don't know anything. Oh, yeah, y'all know. Y'all know. I, if I preach this to youth, they don't get it as well. They're like, I got it figured out. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to swim. I'm going to be great. Yeah, that's what happens. <laughs> but when you finally jump into the deep end, what happens is all you do is say, well, hold up. I had an example. And I didn't know the, I didn't respect the example at all. Until it was necessary that I start living a certain way. 
And I, it's not only just living, and it's not only just like doing the right things, it's practices and it's practical things that you want to do. I thought y'all were crazy, and I still play this, I shouldn't be saying this, but I still play this game. Um, how early is mom awake, right? If we're doing, if we're going to the airport and we have like some flight, anything, it's 4 a.m., I'm like, let's see if she's awake. And she is. She's always awake. She never sleeps. They, uh, yeah. And I shouldn't be saying this because now y'all are going to know their time schedule, right? Don't call, right? Don't call. But they wake up early, y'all. What time? They wake up at 4? 4, 5? Man, that's, nobody's alive then. I didn't, right? But I figured out why they do it. I figured out no one's calling. It's quiet. They just sit by themselves. They drink their coffee. I'm addicted to coffee now. I've, I picked that up. But what, you wake up early and you find God in the morning. And the rest is going to be blessed, right? But you don't get waking up early until you have to wake up early. And then you're like, man, this is nice. I like this. I'll go on walks. I'll do whatever I want. It's, it's the morning. But I didn't respect what they were doing until it was necessary that I start living that way. And so now I have to be wholly dependent on God because it's the only way to live. It's the necessity for life. And now it's my responsibility to start setting examples, right? I'm getting ahead of myself. Hold up. So maturity is realizing your responsibility in the family's longevity. See, because whenever I, I got into youth, and I thought being a youth pastor was going to be awesome because I love all the same things as youth. I like playing basketball. I like playing football. I like games, anything. Like, we'll play games. But the first month I was there, and as I was speaking, God put a vision in front of me for the youth. And it wasn't that I'm just entertaining teenagers. I'm speaking to future fathers and mothers all across the room. And I've got... 13-year-olds who don't even know what they're going to do in life, but I know someday they're going to be a father or mother to a family. It's responsibility now to get them in the right aim, and when they shoot off, they're going to know where the well's at. They're going to know where the water's at. And if we can just set an example for them to follow, then they'll find the example when it becomes necessary, right? And so this is also just an encouragement to parents in the room, because if teenagers aren't listening... They're still soaking it in. It's still, they still see the example, whether they want to respect it or not. But when you set that example, it's not seeds on rocks. It's falling into fertile soil. Because what happens is when they need it, it'll be there. And that example will be set. And so these teenagers, they're going to be the next generation. And God is not just worried about your lifetime, I'm sorry to say, but he's going to be God to the next one and the next one. And he's been God this entire time. He's got it well figured out, right? And so going forward, he's got a plan for every generation. And now thinking about this story and thinking about the honor of the heritage, honor the hope, honoring the heritage, honoring the example. It goes back to the well story here. And drawing from existing wells this example Drawing from wells is essential for developing your foundation, right? Like right now, I just, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to go. I just, and so I look at my example, and I, I call you now more than ever, I think. I call a daily basis. I'm like, 
And it's all, I'm so grateful for my parents because I call so much and I have so many questions and they don't teach you anything in school. They really don't because none of it's useful. I'm not saying, I don't know how to manage all this. I don't know how to manage a budget. Let me go back to my calculus, right? That's not, it's not, it's not how it works. You call your parents, right? And if you, if you have the privilege to call your parents, call your parents, right? And so I had to call constantly and say, hey, I know, I know you did this. I know this was a thing, so just, just show me how this works, right? But the thing is, is no matter how good the wells that have been dug that have been dug are good, right? You have to keep digging. You have to keep digging wells. And this may seem, because I have awesome parents, and I have, y'all know, they've been here 10 years, right? Y'all just celebrated, right? Yeah. And so, but I can't just say that I'll follow the same exact trail, dig the same exact wells. And it seems kind of disrespectful, right? But let me tell you why it's not, right? You have to build your own relationship with God, number one. You have to. You say all the time, God doesn't have grandkids. That's true. He just has children, just children. So in your own way, it, even practically, it's not always you have to do the exact same thing that your parents did, right? Maybe you're not a morning person. Maybe you're a night person, right? We're teaching with the youth. You don't always have to just get a table and put the Bible down and just read it and tell for hours on end, right? Do what works for you. If you, I can't sit in a room and pray for more than 10 minutes without getting tired. I got to go on a walk, right? It's those practical things. You go on a prayer walk. It's those ways of building that relationship, building a love for God. But you have to do that on your own because your parents' relationship with God isn't going to get you very far. It's got to be your own. That's point number one. The second one is realize God's will for your own life. Because we're all called to something unique and something specific in this life. And we're supposed to follow after what God has on your life. And it's, the beautiful thing is, is God knows what he's doing. It's always building, right? You ever see that? It's building. So the father builds something. The son carries it on. But then the son becomes a father, and the father has a son, and the son carries it on, right? It's like there's something to this thing, right? God is the God of generations. And the last one, and the one I, I feel deeply about, is to set a new example, comma, in the culture that you're in, for the next generation. And this is where it gets so big for me because as youth pastors, we are having to set a new example for the next generation that doesn't look like this generation. It looks like what we're going to have to adapt to to carry on to the next generation, right? Because social media, internet, all this stuff, this is such a new thing, and it's, it's hard to even believe, like, the technology from 2010 till now, or like early 2000s till now, like I was, we were kind of, me and Julie were like the babies getting rid of Blackberry, getting into iPhone, right? It's big jumps. And so we have all these new things where we have to adapt our lifestyle to what's around us in hopes that we'll get to a spot that we can pass it on to the next generation and they can have a leg up, Right? That we can figure out how to live a Christian lifestyle and how to set a good example with social media and with internet and with all these things going on and around us just so that we can pass it off as a good example, right? Because it's all 
about generations. And I pray that my mindset would never get secluded just to my lifetime, but that I would begin to set things now, and as God uses me, I hope it blesses my children and my children's children. And there's no children coming anytime soon, but those children, right? Right? Because we're still figuring out how to pay rent, okay? So, yeah. <laughs> I've never changed a diaper before, so I'll need some lessons before then. I'm just, <laughs> I'm getting too honest up here. So, that's how it goes, though, is that it's just constant lineage. And fathers in the room, mothers and fathers, your kids are listening. The example that you're setting is what they're going to have to lean back on someday. And no matter how they fuss and fight and how they say this doesn't matter or this, anything like this, you're setting an example. And they know it. And they're, they're going to fall back on it one day. And then they're going to do the same thing in the same lineage. Just one more thought here. I, I went back to what I said initially. In youth, you got it figured out, right? I thought I had everything figured out. And it was partially my parents that helped me figure it out. But it was also Richard Bainey, okay? <laughs> if you all know the Baineys, they are awesome. They're like my uh, grandparents. I, I struggle on that word, grandparents. But what happened was is I thought I knew everything. And Richard legitimately knows everything, right? He, I, he's getting up there in years. I won't say in age. But he has put his hand to a lot of things. And he is still a very sharp tool in the tool shed, right? And I thought I knew everything. And when I actually, we, me and Richard started talking, I'm like, man, I don't know anything. Any story you bring up, Richard's been there. He's done that. He's worked on that. And what happened is, is I was like, man, he's just, he doesn't respect how much I know. I got a lesson to teach him if he just listen, right? Thank God for grace, right? So what happened is, is as we were working out there and as he's, because Richard would teach me ways of doing things that you're like, this is just, why do we have to do it this way? Why has it got to be this way of doing it, right? But it's, I learned, uh, let me just give an actual example. So if I'm going to measure this, right, if I'm going to measure this, Richard taught me, don't ever measure the middle, because the middle's, there might even be a sermon in here. Don't measure the middle because the middle is all loosey-goosey, Right? You measure an edge, something that's firm, right? And so he taught me that. And so you start to measure against things that actually, like, you can get an exact measurement from that. And I'm like, man, why do we have to do it that way? I can, I can find the middle. I'm good enough. Whoop, there it is, right? But, but then he, he said, that's how my dad taught me. He said, my dad was at work, and he figured out if I measure, measure this edge. And Richard just started teaching me what his dad taught him, right? There's that lineage. And then what really crushed me here is I think me and Devin were out there working. And we were like, man, it just, he, he taught us how to do something. And then I was like, Devin, hold up. Just here's a fact for you for a second. I was like, we sleep eight hours a day. Richard has slept nine years longer than we've ever been alive. I mean, at that time, it might have been 12. It was like, if you sleep for a third of your life, you've slept longer than I've been alive. So it's, that's humbling. That's very humbling. And then I realized an old man 
knows, I'm just speaking theoretically. I'm not calling Richard old. I'm just saying an old man knows more about being a young man than a young man knows about being old. And so as young men, all the young people in the house hear me today, we don't know what it's like to live this whole life. And you think you got it figured out, but you maybe just don't, okay? And so now we have to look to examples, and it's about honoring the heritage that's been set. It's about honoring the example and honoring what's come before us. And that's that. I wasn't quite ready. <laughs> I was enjoying that chair. We're taking all these out and we're putting these chairs in. <laughs> Jacob and I were talking over the service last night. He said, Dad, I, I don't want to call you too much. I said, Jacob, you don't understand. I live to hear from my kids. And you can have a voice, but that voice really not any benefit unless there's an ear. And so when they start asking, I've enjoyed every stage of my children's life when they were young, maybe not the teenage years, but when they were young, <laughs> no, I've enjoyed them in teenagers. It, it caused me really to get deep in prayer. But, <clears throat> oh God, you promised, you promised. <laughs> you promised. <laughs> But, you know, the transition into adulthood and just have this ability to just, hey, Dad, what do you think about this? Mom, what do you think about that? This day is a beautiful day for me. It's a day that I had a vision for when I was four and five and six years old. God is a God that hears and answers prayer. See, when Ishmael cried out, God heard the blessing crying out. When I was crying out to the Lord as a kid, or just crying, wasn't to the Lord. Crying because my dad promised to come and he didn't come. Crying because my stepfather wouldn't leave me alone. Crying because mom was just having her struggles. It was the blessings that the Lord heard. Because we are the seed of Abraham. We are the seed of Abraham by faith. And there were generations that were crying out. And finally, I got to the place of absolute surrender, and I said, God, I can't do this. I, I'm just, I want to be successful. I want to have a happy home. I, I want all of these things, but I keep just self-destructing. I don't know what to do. And the Lord said, surrender. 
all I was wanting to do was have a good, happy home where people didn't fuss and fight and talk to each other decently and, you know, have a good job and, and be a provider. But the Lord said, I've got so much more planned for you if you'll just, because I, I what I'm hearing is the Ishmael's crying in the wilderness, but I've got a well. If you will open your eyes, I will show you the well. And that well of life is Jesus Christ. He's going to put in you. Forsaking and faking. You're forsaking the source of life and you're faking it by trying to build it yourself. You're trying to source your own strength. You're trying to source your own peace and safety. The Lord said, Come back to the well. Come back to the well. Build a trail. Prayer, worship, the Word of God. So much more I can't even get into right now. The Lord can take the least, the least that we have to offer if we will just surrender it to Him. He'll take over. He will. He'll take over. And He'll fulfill the vision that He has. So much better than you could ever do it yourself. And he'll bring about things that couldn't otherwise come about. So that now you can literally raise your favorite people. And they can marry your favorite people. And they can bear your favorite people. And you can have the favorites right there. Amen. But you got to dig. You got to dig in hope. He dug the first well and he called it contention because there was a fight over that. He didn't stop digging. Isaac went to the next well. He called it enmity because there was another fight again, but he didn't stop digging. He went to the next place and he dug. And now he found peace and he called that place broad place, a room. God has made room. Just because you don't get it dug the first two, you don't stop digging. You keep digging, and you keep digging, and you keep digging until you find the life source, which is Jesus Christ. And we kept digging and saying, God, we're not going to stop digging in the hopes that they will one day find you. And so we dug and we dug and we dug and we dug until the glory of God rested upon them, and now they became well diggers. Amen. Jacob, I want you to, we're going to pray over this group right, right now. Stacy, where are you at? Come, come. I asked the Lord this morning, I said, Lord, how do you want to close this service? How do you want to finish this day? And, and Stacy came up to me and, and shared something, and I thought, that's perfect. That's perfect. This is the way we're going to end. Just, real, just what you told me on the way in this morning, what the Lord showed you. Just having a conversation with God this morning because every morning I wake up and I'm like, I have high expectations of what God has for the day and plan. And I said, What do you want for today? And he said, All the men need to come to the front and they need to be prayed over. He said, Because I want to impart to them my wisdom, knowledge, and strength to go out and be able to lead their families, not just their families, but others. 
So you don't have to be a father to do this. You don't have to have been the one that actually raised these kids. He said, remember, I'm the fatherless. And he said, I'm the father to the fatherless. Yes. Go out and be an example of the mighty one who lives inside of you. Amen. Amen. I told you my, my greatest prayer that I prayed to the Lord as not having an example. You know, my dad was a truck driver. He's an he's a love to drink beer, and I thought I'm gonna be a truck driving, beer drinking dude, and that's that was my aspiration in life. <laughs> Have a good job, drink beer, and drive a truck. <laughs> didn't work out so well. <laughs> drinking and driving didn't work. <laughs> Believe me. But the Lord said, I got a better plan. I got a much better plan. So my prayer to the Lord is once I came into a relationship with God, it's like, Lord, don't let me run my kids. Anybody ever pray that prayer? God, don't let me, please don't let me run my kids. And God is faithful. And he gives wisdom. I want, if you will today, if as much as possible, I want us to stand. And I want you to gather with your family. Come down here, Jacob. You can did a great job. Come on, let's give, let's give it up for Jacob. Yeah. What you right? I want my my family's going to lead the way. You guys come over here. Everybody, kind of kind of group with your family, if you will. Group with your family. If you don't have family, grab a family. You just been say, "I'm hey, mom, dad, come on, come on." I want you to I want you to come. <clears throat> I want you to gather around. If you got your kids here, if you got your family here, I want you to gather around. I want you to gather around. Come on, let's step out. Step out. It's not going to hurt you. I, I promise. Everybody's going to do it. Amen? You, nobody's going to jump off the stage, and we're not going to do the rave, and nobody's going to do jump on top of you. Just come. 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 You can come down from the balcony. Grab somebody close to you. If you don't have any family, just, just start adopting. Start adopting. Come on. Come on. Come on, Tevin. You're part of my family now. Come on. Come on, just come. Grab, grab you somebody. Okay, that grabs you up. Paula, come over here. You, Mama Paula, you get over here. I believe God's going to impart something today. God's going to release something today. It's going to be restoration. It's going to be hope. It's going to be joy. It's going to be peace. God's got a plan. For not just you, but the generations to follow. Many of you have had the same vision I had as children. If you'll just keep surrendering, keep holding on, God will fulfill it. You just got to let it go. Put your hands to heaven and put your hand on your family and let's pray. Father, in Jesus' holy name, we come before you right now. I'm asking God for a release of the anointing, Lord God, that crushes yoke, open eyes, Lord God, causes Lord, individuals to begin to get up, Lord God, to begin to walk in that peace and rest that you have called. 
Lord, I know there's such angst, Lord God, and we live in the most fatherless nation, Lord God, in the entirety of the world. I pray, Father, that, Lord, even now, God, those that do not have fathers, Lord, that they would, that, Lord, you would begin, Father God, to bring an adoption, Lord God, of natural fathers, Lord God, to those families. I pray, Lord God, that we would truly be the example that you are to us, that, Lord, we would be the father to the fatherless, Lord. That, Lord God, help, Lord, give a voice of identity, Lord God, to those who, Lord God, have lost their way. I ask in your name, that, Lord, that you would infuse, Lord God, your spirit of hope and joy and encouragement and strength, Lord Lord God, as Lord, the men in this house, Lord God, the Lord, the soon be men, Lord God, in this house, that they would find their strength, not in themselves, Lord God. Lord, we are forsaking, Lord, the cisterns, Lord, the broken cisterns that hold no water, and we're returning, Lord God, to Lord, you, Lord, the, the wellspring of life, Lord God, that we find in your presence, in your hope as children of God. Lord, we are, you are well pleased with us when we are in you, and Lord, we, we stand, God, not upon our own merit and our ability. Lord, we stand upon the wisdom, Lord. We will wait upon you, Lord God, and we shall renew our strength, Lord. You've got a hope and a future, Lord God, for those that are here today. I ask for the anointing, oh God, the rest, a mantle, Father God, to begin to fall down in this place. And Lord God, there'll be those that rise up, Lord God, begin to dig in hope, Lord. Maybe they don't come from a heritage of Christian quality, Lord God, of life. Maybe they don't have godly parents, but Lord, they can start, Lord, afresh, digging, Lord God, digging, Lord God, into the wellsprings of life. And, Lord God, digging hope. And I believe there's a generation, Lord, that you're awakening right now. That, Lord, will look back to the heritage, Lord, that has been set aside to them. And, Lord God, they will see, Lord God, that there is validity in prayer. There is a necessity in worship. There is, Lord God, the Word, Father, that changes everything, Lord. And I ask in Jesus' name that you would restore the families. Lord, you promised. You said you would do it, Lord God. And Lord, we just hold to that promise right now. Lord, that we would stop calling, Lord God, ourselves Abram. But Lord, we will call ourselves, Lord God, after Abraham, Lord God. At the blessing, Lord God, of multiplication will rest upon your people, Lord God. And we will raise up sons and daughters, Lord, for the kingdom's sake. And I ask God for a release of wisdom, Lord God. A release of wisdom, Lord, in this house that we may guide, Lord, the next generation, Lord, to the wells that, Lord, you have set aside for them. In Jesus' name, and everybody in this house said amen. 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 God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for coming out for Father's Day. If you want a casserole for lunch, Hey, if everybody will stop right where they're at, i got a couple of quick announcements, and then we'll let you go. Hey, on July the 12th, on a Wednesday night, we're going to have a worship night. We're going to invite some folks in. It's going to be from 6 to 8. There are some invite cards that are out there that look like this. If you'll pick those up, invite your friends. It's going to be a great time. The first 500 get in free. All right. Also, the youth. If you'll see the, the announcement on the youth, Friday the 23rd. It's going to be a fun evening, is a plan for the youth, grades 6 to 12. Students and parents uh, and uh, leaders meet with uh, Devin and Bella for more details. Also, men's prayer breakfast, July the 1st, July the 1st. God bless you. I have this, this crowd's attention. Uh, everybody's listening to me, so get out of here. God bless you.